0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above today, Friday the 13th. So it's happy Friday to everybody. And it is also a sacred feminine kind of day. So let's all get in touch with our feminine sides today. Let's honor the what is sacred in nature. Let's honor ourselves and our uh, passions and our, our purposes for our lives. And it's good to see everybody checking in this morning. I see Pam and Debbie and Christine J. Lo. Hello to you, Erica Dorsey. Hello, Kajela. Good morning. And I'm sure there are others of you out there behind the scenes joining us today to talk about the lunar eclipse as the lunar eclipse is the next big thing that we have uh, for this year and also for this month this month seems to have a lot of those big things going on and with the the lunar eclipse that means it's also a full moon and what do we know about the full moon everybody time to release time to let go of time to have a revelation time to move on. And that is the theme of the show today. What is it that you want to let go of? What do you want to release? And how do you want to move forward? And there are some real clues about how to do that and what to do about that uh, in the astrology of the lunar eclipse. So today we're going to talk about what's going on with the moon right now, because the moon is in Libra right now, will be all day today. And we'll change signs into Scorpio tomorrow in preparation for the full moon lunar eclipse, which happens at the later degrees of the sign. So 25 degrees or so of of, um, Scorpio is where the full moon lunar eclipse will be. And then we're going to talk about some of the different ways through which we could view the meaning of the full moon lunar eclipse. And that would be through things like astro design, the astrology and the human design of it all through the Sabian symbols. What do the symbols tell us about the degree of the sign that all of this is happening at? And we're also going to take a look at it more specifically through some of the fixed stars that are engaged with it, which is something I'm just introducing. So don't feel bad if you don't know what the, you know what I'm talking about. You will learn these things as time goes on and as I learn more about them as well. And that seems to be, that'll probably take us through the full of the show today. So uh, I see more people popping in to say good morning. Casildra, hello. It's great to see you again. Marianne, hello to you. Gayla, nice for you to be here with us this morning. And of course, there's more of you out there. So wherever you're joining me, whenever you're joining me, thank you for being here. And let me just take this moment to ask you all to do me a big favor. Please, if you are watching on Facebook or if you are aware of my Facebook page, Living Astrology, please go and hit like and engage with the page, please, you know, say hi, tell us what you're up to. Tell us what's your worry in life. What's going on with you all? And if you are on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button. And then, of course, it goes without saying, please feel free to share this video with your friends and your networks, your other social media outlets. Let's get these messages out to a bigger, wider audience. Uh, Michelle Good, good morning to you, Pam Zaruba, Corey. And Debbie says, good morning. I was on the wrong recording and said, happy Friday. (laughs) Well, it is happy Friday. (laughs) It's Friday. And that's good, right? You're you're in the right place, Debbie. It's the right day. And it happens to be a sacred Friday. So it's all the better to have you here with us. <laughs> Amy Davidson, good to see you this morning, Nico. Hello to you. Uh, so let me jump in because I think we're going to end up with having a lot to talk about. I mean, I have like two pages worth of uh, uh, front and back of one page uh, to talk about today. And of course, as always, I want to be able to answer your questions and talk to you about uh, what's happening maybe in your own personal charts. So we start today with the moon in Libra. One of the best placements for the moon as it's a feel good kind of sign, a feel good kind of placement. So the moon is in Libra all day today, and then tomorrow morning, very early, and these are West Coast times, at 1.08 in the morning to 3.35 a.m., the moon will move into the void, which means it's just a wandering moon. It isn't making any new contacts with anything. When it happens in the middle of the night like that, I say hallelujah, because I might wander around in my dreams. But at least it's not affecting my workday or my day in general where I'm trying to get things done. And after the void at 3.35 a.m. West Coast time, then the moon will move into the sign of Scorpio and begin its preparations for coming into fullness with the opposition of the moon to the sun, right? That is the definition of the full moon and opposition between the sun and the moon, but I also want you to understand that a full moon where the sun is opposing the moon means the sun is also opposing the Earth. And that puts the Earth and the moon in a conjunction. So often because we're sitting here on this little planet, we don't take for we take for granted uh, the information about the Earth. But in reality, we can actually speak to, the earth and the moon being in an alignment right and you're going to see when we talk about the lunar eclipse what that means for us all here on this little blue planet uh so let's see the um eclipse is actually happening at different times across the planet different days even across the planet so this has been causing some confusion for people so let me just make it clear right now the eclipse will happen on sunday evening at 9.14 p.m. Pacific time. And that means if you are in mountain time zones, it will be 10.14 p.m. If you're in the central time zone, 11.14 p.m. But for those of you on the East Coast of the USA, those of you in the uh, on the continent of Europe and Asia, this is all happening for you guys on the 16th, which is early Monday morning. So for those of you on the East Coast, 12, 14 a.m., and for those of you in at least the Greenwich Mean Time or uh, Universal Time Zone, Uh, at 4.14 a.m. So then when this happens, we get this split right between the days that all of this is happening on. So you're gonna hear a lot of astrologers out there saying it's on Monday the 16th, which might be because their time zone is in the the Eastern time zone, or they're using the capital of this country, USA, if they're in this country, or uh, the universal time zone if they're in Europe as the place that they are timing the eclipse but because I'm sitting here on the West coast and there are at least three and even Hawaii and Alaska are going to have the eclipse on the 15th. So I hope that clears things up for everybody. Know your time zone, know what time it's happening for you. And then if the skies are clear, uh, if you're on the Eastern side of this country, you'll be able to see that eclipse, visualize that eclipse. It'll just be happening very late at night and uh, early into the morning. So, there's that. Now today, of course, uh, we have the moon in Libra, a sign of relationships and cooperation. When we look at the light of the moon in Libra, we really see this energy of cooperation. It's almost a, a an atmosphere of cooperation, collaboration, and co-creation, my three C's of Libra energy, uh, cooperation, collaboration, and co-creation. And this is a sign that the light of it is trying to be a diplomat. There, there's, it's diplomatic and tactful, tactful kind of, of energy. And these are kind people. This is a kindness kind of transit. So when the moon is moving to Libra, we might all feel more moved to be kind, to be generous, to be more loving with one another. Um, There is also a fairness issue with uh, the, the light, the light, the fairness is in balance and harmony and equality, if you will. And everything is being seen or weighed into some form of balance, which in in a way creates a win-win scenario, right, where we don't necessarily have I win, you lose, where the scales are unbalanced, but we have the win-win where we can create a pathway to where uh, there's some fairness established or some equanimity or some equality established. And again, the three key words to keep in mind for the day today would be collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation. Those are the more powerful words for Libra in the light, Libra in the light. But we always lo- want to look at the shadow because we know that's going to pop up. We live in a dual world, right? We have this polarized energy potential. And the shadow here for Libra is all about boundary issues, right? Right. Are my boundaries too lax? Am I I pushing into other people's boundaries? Do I even have boundaries, right? Is there any natural place for me to stop in the giving, giving, giving or the receiving, receiving, receiving? So all of those boundary issues um, turn into what I like to say are blurred lines. There's a great song. Where is Tom this morning? Uh, He would know all the signs and I, I know the guy's name. It's on the tip of my brain. Uh, Blurred lines, right? That is Libra in, in the shadows where the boundaries have gotten blurred. And when the boundaries are blurred, we can get to codependency, right? Codependence, manipulation, the unbalanced expression of Libra is quite nasty, right? Quite nasty. This is an I'll do or I'll say anything to make you happy or to be your friend, even if it is inauthentic right? They have such a need to be liked that they are willing to give away the farm. So if you are in a relationship, of course, this is Libra plays out in our relationships. This can, can be a very unbalanced kind of relationship where one person is always giving, 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 and not even because, you know, the other person isn't, willing to give, but sometimes Libra can just get all into the giving and then leaves a void for them in the receiving. So we are dealing with today and early, early in the morning, and luckily we were dealing with this yesterday as all day the moon was also in Libra, uh, about how we have boundaries and how we keep things in balance. And that relates to our emotions as well. The moon representing the more inner expression of ourselves, but also our emotional selves, keeping everything in a sort of balance. So there's that. Uh, I see people popping in here still. Good morning, Angela. And I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I hope you're doing well. Erica says, this highlights my husband and my two hour conversation all about those three C's. I love it. <laughs> uh, Erica says, that's funny because as a stellium Scorpio, I do not work well with Libran energy. And, you know, we could talk a whole show about that too, right? Because Libra and the, the na- next door neighbor signs and Libra and Scorpio are those. They don't see each other clearly. And the one word that you need to have in your vernacular is cooperation, because neighboring signs need a healthy dose of that in order to get along. Right. So and it's interesting because that is what we call a semi sextile, right? Neighboring signs are 30 degrees apart. And so a semi sextile needs to have a big dose of cooperation, in order to be able to work through the issues of both signs. So that would be a key word for you and your spouse in this uh, kind of conversation, I would imagine. Londa, at the exact time of the full moon, a thinning of the energy veils occurs across the earth. And Lord Buddha descends into the Wisak Valley in Tibet, bringing immense light and dispensations for the earth and humanity. Thank you, Londa, for that reminder. I totally forget about the fact that this is a very sacred time of the year and the wheel of the year this week. And this full moon is a very powerful moon. Uh, Londa says boundaries manipulating is playing out for sure definitely right that's a big thing playing out on the planet and the full moon on the 15th for us on the west coast is 9 14 pm to answer that question for you and michelle says i'm a libra moon awesome michelle that means you're in the process of or maybe had happened yesterday of having a new moon for yourself a a lunar return we would call it so once a month we all have a lunar return. And we start a new cycle of the journey through the different signs by the moon. So things, you, your emotional field may have been better yesterday. You might have, you could experience some issues in relationships if that was the case. Uh, it just depends on whatever else was going on in your chart and what it hang, what is hanging with the moon in your chart. Uh, Okay, so let's dig on over to the the full moon lunar eclipse. We're going to talk about this because there's so much. I don't even know if I'll get it all out today, but I might. Um, So when we have something like an eclipse, it is what we would say, and you've heard me say this, a jacked up or a more empowered moon or sun combination. So if it's a new moon, it's a more powerful new moon right? A jacked up new moon. If it is happening as a lunar eclipse, then it is a jacked up full moon. So that means when we have the solar eclipse, we have uh, a, a greater energy toward new beginnings and pushing us into new territory. Intentions, very powerful. We had that on April 30th, if you'll recall. And so we've all gotten to a point where we might have set some very powerful intentions They could be consciously or maybe unconsciously, we set intentions. Think back to that day that was on a Saturday, I believe. And it was a very powerful moon in Taurus. Okay. And Taurus is a manifesting sign. It is a sign that supports our setting intentions and creating miracles when we align with that intention, right? Heart, soul, mind, right? All of those come together. But when we get to the full moon, the lunar eclipse, now we have the sun and the moon and earth in an opposition to one another. And the full moon then often becomes a time where something is revealed, right? Some aha moment, some epiphany, something wakes us up and we go, of course, right? It is also a time of releasing, of letting go, of, of making a move in a new direction, perhaps actually realizing that if I don't release something, or if I don't let go of something, then I'm hindering my intention of whatever I set with that new moon, right? So tell me if you're making, if this is making sense, just, you know, ping in and say, yes, making sense, or no, no, I need clarification. So when we have the full moon, it is always a time for us to release and let go, to move on, to complete something, right? To bring something to an end, to uh, prepare to walk into a new energy, a new uh, through a new doorway or a new portal, all right? Now, when we add the power of the eclipse in it, what we see eclipsed at that point in time is the moon, right? So when we look up and we connect visually with a lunar eclipse, what we see is the shadow of the earth on the moon's face, right? So the moon looks blood red, right? This is called a blood moon because this is a full on eclipse. So for those of you who see the totality of this eclipse, you'll see the moon shaded a dusky red. And that isn't because it's a blood. There's no blood. It just happens to be called that. But it is the reflection of light bending through the earth around the earth that creates that red color. So there's a whole lot of scientific stuff we could talk about there but I don't want I don't want to de- I don't want to delve into that. So let's just stick with the red color of the moon is because of the wavelengths of light that are, are bending around the earth at the time. So what we have is a very powerful moon. What we have is a moon that is what we have is a powerful time when the moon is sort of hidden from us kind of uh, uh the light dimmed right and what that gives us more access to is the sun even though we're not seeing the sun right we're not seeing the sun because it's a moon and that's happening at nighttime but in our charts what we see is more appropriately what we have to let go of if we want to connect with the direction that we want to move in does that make sense right so we for that time period have an eclipsed moon. So maybe we can feel a little less emotional about what we have to do. Maybe we have a little more clarity, our intuition might be jacked up somewhat, so that we can see the next steps. Now, when this happens for people, though, and this all depends on how this is placed in your chart, and we're going to talk about that next, we sometimes react in not such a very powerful way, right? We we react rather than respond to things maybe like, you know, relationships that we don't want to let go of or uh, jobs that we don't want to let go of in order to move forward or our old ways of being, right? We're trying to carry all our baggage with us on this journey to the new and we're being forced to have to let it go. And we don't like that, right? We don't always like that. Several of us, People out there. And remember, the moon is in Scorpio. Scorpio is a sign that holds on, that keeps everything. And the south node is in Scorpio. So we are all holding on to something. There's this cup, right, that of things that we've been holding on to. It might be, uh, grievances or places of unforgiveness toward ourselves or others, experiences that have clouded our judgment or have somehow made us not feel like we could move on fearlessly, right? This is this is a time for us. It's a karmic clearing house, if you will. So we need to let go, move on, release uh, based on what it is that is showing up for us personally. Now, the personal part of all of this is where is this happening in your own chart, right? Where where is this happening? And there is an axis through which this is happening, right? The moon is in one sign, Scorpio. The sun is in the opposite sign, Taurus. So we have an axis of energy that is being triggered by this particular eclipse, okay? So where's that axis in your personal chart? and in this if this chart that i have of this full moon if this full moon were a person this would be happening across the 11th and the 5th houses right so looking at your chart find taurus and find scorpio and that is going to tell you the axis that this is happening in and you can now look at the house that it's happening in. So in this chart the moon is in Scorpio in the 11th house. The baggage that this is if this were a person that they would need to let go of, they have to relinquish some part of a dream perhaps that they've been holding on to so tightly or the the blinders on thinking it could only happen in a certain way. So they have to let go of that, open up, broaden their horizons and be able to see a bigger picture, allowing the universe to bring to them that dream in the way that it is the most easy, most most, uh, spectacular, miraculous way that that could happen for that person. Now, the other side where the sun is in Taurus, where we need to move, right? Where we need to move is in a simplifying of things, right? Taurus simplifies Taurus also is intentionally setting a direction that they want to move in, right? That is where your intentions were set with the new moon. Now here in this time period, in this house, if this were a person, it would be follow your passion, follow what makes you joyful, follow your creative energy, right? Follow, follow, follow what feels good to you. So if this were a person, that is how I would read that. Now you could be having it across, say the first and the seventh house, and depending on which sign was where, it could be a time for you to see yourself more clearly through your relationships, right? What are you seeing as a reflection in the mirror? What might you need to let go of in that relationship? Or is this a time to cut ties with the relationship? That would be the focus of that for you in uh, your life. But the, you know, depending, so I'm going to use, uh who was it here? Corey, no, Christine and Corey, I'll, I'll do yours too. Uh Christine Buckingham has a first house Taurus and a seventh house Scorpio. So my guess here, just my guess is that there might be some old judgments or grievances or experiences that you've had in relationships that it's time to release and let go of, right? Where either... Well, forgiveness is really just a suspension of judgment, right? Judging yourself or judging that person or judging, you know, how that relationship was or how it worked out. So releasing yourself from that kind of judgment or the baggage that relationships have held for you in order to move to the first house, which is where Taurus is, right? That's where you can find this new you, right? The first house is all about you, your viewpoint, Your personality, what you look like. It's time to release the baggage of the past so that you can move more potently into uh, the now and even looking forward to a new future for yourself. Uh, Let's see. That was Christine. Ah, My ex is marrying his 30 years younger girlfriend. Oh, I bet that's a big trigger, right? A big trigger. So Just let it all go, Christine. Let it go. It is not a reflection of you. It is not you. This isn't about you, right? So you need to let go of all of that. Corey has a third house Scorpio and a ninth house Midheaven. And has lots of planets in that in those houses. So, thank you, Corey, for saying that because some of you may find that you have planets already in Taurus and in Scorpio. If any of them are sitting from about 22 to 29 degrees, they're involved in this eclipse, and you're likely going to have maybe variable experiences during this time. Variable because there's those planets there that already have their own meaning, their own definition, their own way of behavior. And now we have an eclipse coming along, stirring them up, right? So probably, Corey, you're feeling a little stirred up in your life in some way. The part that you would need to release is going to be on the third house side. The third house side is all about communication, the mind, your thinking, right? What are the contents of your mind and how is it not serving you to move forward? Now, I happen to know that you're a writer, Corey. So I know maybe this, maybe this is like writer's block, right? So what do I have to let go of? Maybe I need to just forget about writing just, just for now, just forget about writing and go out to nature because the ninth house where Taurus is in your chart has the, uh, energy of broadening our horizons, but also doing that by changing up the atmosphere, by being more exploratory, perhaps, right? Being uh, able to get out of your bad self, get out of your way, get out and away and get a new, uh, a different perspective, right? But that also happens to be a publishing house, So maybe it is about how do I bring my work further out into the world, but it has to happen through a broadening of the mind, right? Looking from the higher perspective, not just the lower perspective of the mind. So, okay. And let's see, Corey, what else did you say about that? Um, Lots of planets in those houses. So rather than going through the different individual planets there, You know, maybe doing that on your own and just say, okay, if Venus is there, then it might reflect on my money, my values or my relationships. If it's Mars, it's about sexuality, perhaps, or about taking action, about being assertive. Uh, Maybe over aggression. So I need to slow things down, that kind of thing. Depending on the planet, there is going to change up maybe exactly how that plays out for you. Tammy Smith, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, She has it across the sixth house, Taurus, and 12th house, Scorpio. So you have a very deeply passionate side of yourself that likely is lying hidden, hidden a bit, right? The 12th house likes to hide. And So maybe it's time for you to release that more conservative side of yourself, maybe let your hair down, dance around a little, have some fun, Um, maybe, you know, tap into the hidden spiritual part of yourself that lies hidden with the sixth house over there in Taurus, maybe lightening the load of the work world, right? Finding your pathway of service. What is it that makes you passionate? What makes you get out of bed in the morning and connecting more fully with that, Um, But also the sixth house has an impact on your health, and so living healthy, living having healthy habits, uh, being in a detoxified state, meaning a more pure state, uh, a purer environment, let's say, very beneficial to you, right? So maybe go through your house and do some cleaning, you know, spring cleaning. get rid of some clutter, do some things that open up space for you, space so you can be about living more from your passions that, again, are lying hidden from you, right? The passion part of you is kind of bottled up, imprisoned. Time to let it go. Time to come out. Uh, okay, so let's see who else out here real quickly. Uh, different house. Um, but bum. Mary says, my moon sign is Scorpio in the fourth house. Does this affect me any more or less? No planets in Taurus in the 10th house. So the fourth and the 10th house is an axis of balancing work and home, right? So it sounds to me like you have the fourth house Scorpio. So maybe there's some neediness or clinginess or responsibilities in the home that are time for you to let go of. Um, something that you've taken on. uh, You know, I don't know how old you are, um, Marianne. So, you know, if you have younger children, then you can't just like let go of your responsibilities for your younger children. But if you have older children here that you're still trying to smother mother, it might be time to let go of that. Or if there's something else around the home that needs to be changed. This also rules real estate right the fourth house is home and family traditions roots the foundation of something the foundation of a life foundation of a family of a business so what is it that's stuck in the foundation what are you afraid to let go of so that taurus being being in the 10th house allows you to live more authentically more in your own authority Right? Doing what you want to do and how you want to be and how you want to present yourself to the outer world. And yes, because your own moon is involved, it is more powerful for you. Right? Any planets in play in that axis are going to be charged up, if you will, during this period of time. Uh, okay. So I hope that's helpful. Uh, Nico is a Taurus, Oops, it went past me. A Taurus and have Taurus in my third house and Scorpio in the ninth house. So you have the reverse of uh, Corey that we were just talking about. So the things that you have to let go of more are maybe the the way that you expect your life to uh, be more broad or to expand. Maybe you're trying to expand in a way that is inauthentic, right? And this moon, this lunar eclipse is going to give you the opportunity to course correct that and come into the third house where your authentic voice lives, right? Your authenticness um, in how you want to do the work that you do or how you want to teach or how you want to uh, share. So there's a, a mind and higher self disconnect perhaps that you need to rework in all of this. And it's at nine degrees. Does that mean anything for this time? The eclipse is at 25 degrees. So the planet that you have there, and I, let's see, what did you say? What planet is there? Uh, the Maybe it's Taurus, the sun. So uh, it doesn't have a direct impact, but the last one did, right? The new moon would have had an impact on you because it would have been within a degree of whatever planet is sitting there at nine. It was at 10 degrees. So, Something new occurred for you or is in the wings waiting for you to intend it into being. And maybe this lunar eclipse is about, well, what do I have to let go of in order to move more purposefully toward that intention? And let's see, Londa, you have a Leo rising. So uh, this for you is going to be more like the fifth house, like I talked about in the beginning, the fifth, 11th. No, let's see, Leo rising. So it's going to be more like the fourth house for you. So similar to what we were just talking about. And of course, you can always find me, Londa, and have me take a look at that for you. And I'm glad that speaks to you, Tammy. That's awesome. And uh, 68, no kids, Marianne says, so who do you want to be now? God, what a great time for us to have that question coming up. Who do you want to be now? Right? That's a great one for you, Marianne. Uh, Requiem for a Tuesday, Scorpio rising. Scorpio sun and Virgo moon. I have a Virgo moon too, Requiem. Uh, Scorpio rising, Scorpio sun. So this is all happening in your first house. You, why you, who am I? What do I want to do? Am I following my passions? Or because your Libra would be in the 12th house, am I doing what everybody else thinks I should do? Am I hiding my passions? Am I hiding my passionate self in the 12th house Libra? So both of those things up for consideration for you right now, Requiem. How do you want to bust out into the world in your true passionate self? We all deserve to be able to do that, right? All right. So now uh, that was great. I love doing that kind of impromptu readings. And I'm so happy that so many of you know, your astrology charts. I love it. So since everybody's sort of familiar, and and if you're not, don't feel bad, right? This is a a morning show that you come to to learn more and more and more about astrology and human design and all kinds of other fun things. Now I'm going to take a human design look at all of this right? So now we're going to get a little bit more crystallized in terms of the meaning, the energy behind the eclipse. So we're going to deal with the sun first. So the sun was in, is in Taurus. And that means it is a gate or the, it's in the gate eight, the gate that is called fulfillment in quantum human design or contribution in more traditional human design. It is a super gate, for being able to live out and to contribute from your own self. It is on the throat center. So it also involves you speaking your truth, right? Speaking your truth, expressing yourself authentically and expressing not just through words, although words are important because it is on the throat center, but manifesting your dreams, your desires, yourself out into the world, right? Um, authentically. That is the big lesson that this eclipse is bringing us in terms of the sun, the direction we need to move in. Okay. Now that also requires us sometimes because it's the throat center to wait for the right people to share our work with, to share our wisdom with, to share our gifts with, right? We can't just, the throat center is one that can cause for us a feeling of undervalued unrecognized unheard if we use it incorrectly so to use it correctly we usually can wait for the invitation to share then we know that people are interested in what we have to contribute and that's what it's all about we want to make our contribution right so like today if i came on air and we're addressing a, a group of scientists they're not going to hear me, perhaps, right? They're not going to be aligned with me because they're, they're thinking this is not provable, right? This okay. doesn't, this does not compute, right? So using my voice in that way would be uh, a way to feel more vulnerable, to feel more criticized, unvalued, unheard, unrecognized, right? So we don't want to use our gifts and our talents and share them with people that have no interest in what we are going to talk about or what we are manifesting in our lives. So aligning with that and the way we align here is that we wait for someone to say, you know, you always seem so happy. What are you doing that creates that happiness? Wow, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Let me tell you how I'm doing my life. Then they hear you, then they value you, they recognize you. So this can be a double-edged sword where on one hand, we get this really flushed good feeling about the things that we've shared because someone wanted to hear us versus the other side where we feel vulnerable, criticized, not heard, valued, or we feel ignored or even invisible because we're sharing with the wrong people, right? We're around the wrong people. We did not wait for people who wanted to hear what we had to say. And we just blurt out, hey, you know what? I'm a psychic and I do psychic readings, come to me. And they're looking at you like you grew horns, right? So we want to be able to express ourselves authentically in the right timing with the right people. And that usually happens with an invitation or even just you questioning, hey, I just heard you guys talking about uh, a metaphysical topic. I want to hear more, right? And then they invite you into the conversation by you know, saying, well, you know, what are your interests? So I hope that's understandable for all of you. The lesson here is about expressing ourselves authentically, but with the right people. In the shadow here, it is about feeling disconnected from your life purpose, maybe disconnected from your own voice, which can trigger a panicked search for life purpose, for meaning, for who am I? For what, you know, if people don't want to hear what I'm saying, well, maybe I shouldn't say anything at all. Trying to be something you're not is also part of the shadow here, right? Don't be someone you're not. Be you. The world needs you. And in the city, the highest expression of this energy of this eclipse with the sun is about being the full expression of your unique self, no matter what that is. And we need some courage here right? The courage of your convictions, the courage to be who you want to be. So that is the gate eight. That is the sun. And this is a Taurus gate, right? So it has a lot to do with the manifesting and the using our voice appropriately in the right way with the right people in the right timing. Okay. And remember, it's the moon that's being eclipsed, which makes the sun, the powerful reflector here. So what is it reflecting to us? the need to align with what fulfills us, which what with what makes us happy. All right, now let's look at the other gate in human design where the earth and the moon will be during the eclipse. They will be at gate 14, which is a sacral gate. It sits on the sacral, which is the engine, the motor, the most powerful motor in your human design. It is sustainable life force energy and it acts, in response to something that shows up in the outer world. So what we have is a gate here in its most beautiful highest expression is bounteousness. That's the word I love from the Gene Keys, bounteousness. And the lesson here is about our responding to opportunities that bring us or align us with abundance and resources, not forcing ourselves to go out and do this work because it earns a paycheck. This has a lot to do with money. This gate has a lot to do with finances and abundance, the abundant flow of resources, right? And I say resources because it can be more than money, right? It can be lots of different things. The shadow in this gate or in this placement of the lunar part of the eclipse is about fear and worry about money. Now, I don't know if you guys have been watching the stock market or if you guys have been listening to all the talk about inflation, but there's a lot and cryptocurrencies tanking and all of this kind of stuff. There's a lot of economic downturn. Uh, I don't see it on my thing showing up this morning, but uh, sometimes... Yeah, I'm not seeing the stock market this morning. Why is crypto crashing? And will it ever recover, right? So we have, <laughs> we have a lot of what looks like really bad news happening in the financial markets. And does that trigger fear and worry for you in terms of, well, what is that going to do to me, right? What is that doing to my 401k? What is that? my You know, I filled up my can't, my gas tank the other day. It was $55. I drive a little Toyota Corolla. What the heck, Right. So fear and worry, it's there, right? It's right there. If we want to focus on it, then we're going to bring more of the things that bring fear and worry during this period of time. And it could co- cause us to compromise our passions in order to gain monetarily, right? We can you know, go from abundance into survival mode. And we can stop doing all the things that we know that that serve us, that are our passions in favor of, I got to go out and make a paycheck. I got to pay the bills. You know, economy's tanking. And oh my God, I got to pay more to to get more and blah, 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 blah. I got to pay more to get less. That's kind of how it works right now. Uh, So it's a lot of mind chatter that can cause fear and worry. So that's our shadow in this energy. In the city, the highest expression is about being at peace with the flow of resources, knowing that, you know, the economy, the bigger financial outlook isn't in our control and it's cyclical. We go through cycles, right? It goes boom or bust. It goes bull and bear. It goes, you know, abundance and flow and, and, you know, everything's looking rosy to the exact opposite to the more recession, depression sort of energies. We got to stay out of that, right? We've got to just keep aligned with our passionate work, with what makes us feel good about who we are, not about the money of it, right? Not about the, what do I get when I do that? We have to stay in the passion and we have to be doing our heart centered work. That's what attracts abundance. Not, not working for a job that you think makes more money, right? That doesn't attract abundance. You might get a more paid, you know, a bigger paycheck or a more regular paycheck. But what is the, the toll that it's taking in your happiness, in your living passionately, in your living from joy, right? So heart-centered work, letting go of things that are not in alignment with you anymore are going to be the things that give us the attraction of more abundance, of more love, more of whatever it is that you want in your life. Uh, okay. Okay so questions about that uh yes 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 sarah Shenard says erica says yes uh, i feel like i'm constantly searching i'm tired we if you're constantly searching you are going to burn yourself out right i think Well, you and I, Erica, we're going to be doing a reading soon. You're going to do your soul alignment, I believe it is. So you're going to see what it is that is going to align you with abundance. You know, that's the whole purpose of me doing the soul alignment part of those readings that I'm now, you know, working through by going to the Akashic Records. I bring back what is your true way of aligning with abundant? What is is going to open you up to the most abundant nature of the universe? right and when you live in alignment with that nothing can stop you you're on your way to 6D living if you're doing that right that's what that's what we want we want to be free to be the expression of who we are and that soul alignment gives you everything you need to know about who you are designed to be besides the human design which also gives you that right we're just looking at it in different ways through different lenses And then we're going to go on and do the work later about how do I realign? How do I find where I'm out of alignment? Because these things keep happening. So there's got to be a misalignment. How do I realign that? Right. That's coming next. Okay. So don't beat yourself up. If you are constantly searching, if you're tired, if you're always on the hunt for what is my life purpose, because that's a normal part of our who we are. It is normal for us to have those questions, but the answer to those questions isn't about worrying more, searching more, getting more information. It's about aligning with more and more of who you are in terms of your heart. What do I love? I'm aligning with what I love. There's my passion. And in that passion is my purpose. Now, let me move on to something else here about this lunar eclipse. How much time do I have? Oh my God, we're almost, wow, time flies when we're having fun. Two things I want to say really quickly. One, the Earth at gate 14, the Earth and moon in this eclipse are sitting in a conjunction with a star system that holds a lot of meaning for us, I think. And you guys may not be familiar with as much of the fixed stars, but there's a star out there, a star system called Centaurus, right? And Centaurus has three main stars in it, Alpha Centauri, Beta Centauri, and another one called Algena, or Agena, or Gina, but I call it Hadar. And Hadar is where the moon and earth align. And it is a star system that resonates with unconditional love, right? With resonates, that resonates with all of us coming together to support one another in getting what we desire, in getting what we, in expressing the fullness of who we want to be. So even though there's this, you know, challenge that we might have with the outer world looking a little dim in terms of finances or economy, we also have a very nice star Connected here that reminds us that unconditional love is the nature of the universe. And from unconditional love, the universe gives us whatever it is that we're focusing on. Are you focusing on love? Are you focusing on prosperity? Are you focusing on your passion or not? Because if you're not, then you're getting more of what you don't want. If you are, you're getting more and more of what you want. Does that make sense? It should. And so that star to me is so powerful in, in this whole thing where the sun now is at the star Algol and Algol, you know, I, I have mixed feelings on Algol because I'm going to get my star and planets combination book by Bernadette Brady. And I, I marked Algol for us this morning because, because the sun is, you know, our main star. And that alignment has, you know, a lot of meaning for us. And Agena, that's what Hadar is called. That's the newer Hadar. Algol is a star in the Perseus constellation. So Perseus here, you can see, uh, if I bring it up there, you can see Perseus, right? There are two main stars, Mirfak and Algol. And Algol is where the sun is located. And we had a conversation about the star because the sun was sitting there at the head or the eye of the Medusa, right? Remember in the mythology, Perseus slew the Medusa by cutting off her head or slew uh, uh, the Gorgon uh, named Medusa by cutting off her head. And uh, that killed her eye, that when men looked at uh, what made eye contact, they were turned to stone. That was the the mythology here. And the principle of Algol is about intense focused passion. Now, most people, when they look at this fixed star, they think it has an evil sort of connotation. I don't see that. I see that the evil here would be like the the word sin, that for somehow in that the, you know, Christianity took it and made it a word that meant we were, you know, doomed, that we were, you know, horrible, that we needed some outer, you know, God to save us from sin. When sin was really a word that was related to um marksmanship where you were off the mark, right? You were off the mark. You are not in alignment, like the arrow wasn't going to go true. So in the, that word, and in this particular star, uh, the evil part of it might be when we're not living in alignment with our passion. So even though you may look up Gol and you may see that it's about victims, it's about death or whatever, Um, think about it this way. When you're living in alignment with your passion, you're living in alignment with your purpose. You're helping people. You're being a force for good on the planet. But when you're outside of that, then you can be a force for the more negative expression of that star. Okay. So yes, I can type that star there, Corey, the sun at Algol, A-L-G-O-L. And I'm going to show that. Uh, show. There's Algol. And the Earth moon at Agena slash Hadar in the Centaurus system. And I'm going to show that one now. All right. So familiarize yourself with these stars because one of the next things I'm going to be doing is taking you all on a galactic journey, right? Through your galactic astrology. And whoo, that one is huge and fascinating. Okay, quick before the day is over here. I need to talk about some of the contacts that other planets are making to the sun and the moon earth uh during this eclipse because there's some really interesting key things happening here. For one, let's see if I can draw it in and show it to you. There is a T square between the sun and saturn and the moon and saturn Ooh, that wasn't too bad so that looks like this right a t square so appears the moon in scorpio and that makes a square to saturn in aquarius and over here we have the sun in taurus making a square to uh saturn in aquarius so we have we have some challenging energy in the background of this lunar eclipse. And what has Saturn in Aquarius been teaching us all along? That our duty and our responsibility was to align with those things that were innovative, forward thinking, humanitarian in nature, that served the well being of the planet, that were uh, depictions of who we were based on our passions right? Our passions aligning that. So the sun and earth's opposition pointing over here at Saturn at the release is about letting go of the old so that we can be more innovative so that we can look at the new, the untried, right? To bravely and courageously move a little bit forward to set a new foundation, right? To, to, to what is that new foundation going to look like for you? right? So it's about setting the foundation, it's duty and responsibility. And if you are not aligned with doing your right work, you're going to see that this is more challenging for you. But on the other hand, if you're aligned, then the karmic wheel swings the other way and things get easier. Okay. So that's what that is happening. We also have the moon uh, and in a trine to, um, a trine, a smooth flow of the energies between these planets. Uh, to Mars and Neptune, and then the sun is in a sextile to Mars and Neptune. So both, both of the sun and moon making really good connections to Mars and Neptune together, Mars and Neptune together at about 23, 24 degrees of Pisces, which is forming our relationship with our inner divine self, or maybe strengthening it, right? Taking action based on our intuition based on our inner passions right based on what we know to be true from our intuition from our higher self from our divine soul blueprint whatever words you want to put here so i think that kind of balances maybe the more negative expression of the uh saturn square to from from the sun and the the moon in this And when we look at the Sabian symbols, right? I saved that one for last because the Sabian symbol here for the degree that this is happening at may really hold the key to the how. How do I do this, right? How do I do this? And here's the saying, American Indians making camp after moving into new territory. And all of that, the key sort of about that is about how do we adapt? How do we adjust to new circumstances in our lives, right? So taking a new step towards your passion is maybe scary, right? It might be scary to you. It might feel it might feel weird to you to actually do something good for yourself because we get so used to doing things that we think we have to do right? That if we have to do it, we're more comfortable with it. It might not feel the best, but we're more comfortable there than when we have to take a step outside of that comfort zone toward living our passion, right? So giving yourself time to adjust to new circumstances, make the move, go into the new territory, but don't expect it to feel all, you know, neat and tidy right away, right? It takes time for that new perspective, that new you know, expression of yourself to fill in the gaps, to feel right for you. Because, you know, you your mind might want to be taking you back to the old you where your heart is like, oh, I, I like it here, right? I like it here. Let's intuitively find what matters most. That's another key here, right? Let's intuitively find that. So I'm in this new territory, I might need to go exploring a little bit. Right. I might need to try some things and see if that works or see if that works and and then be willing and able to go on to something new. Should that need arise? And then for ourselves individually, the how of it is to align with the natural rhythms and cycles that the world is in. Right. We're we we know we just talked about this, the natural cycles of the boom and bust of the stock markets or the economy. Right. And that is totally out of our hands right? Those cycles happen no matter what. But our job during all of this is to find harmony while aimed toward our passions, right? What makes us feel good. And by the way, remember Saturn is sitting at the gate 30 in our human design. We talked about this, I think on Monday or maybe last Friday, the gate of passion. (laughs) I mean, it's like keywords, keywords, passion, find your passion, move in that direction, release the old baggage, let go, move right? Move, move into new territory, and then be okay with that, the time period while it takes you to adjust to that energy and find the good in this experience of the new. And then eventually what happens is a peaceful adapt to adaption, uh, adapting to the nature of living your passion, living from love, living from having fun, living from being the truth of who you are living from your authority and your authenticity. So while a lot of people out there might be talking about the more negative expression of what this moon could bring or all of that, don't buy into it. Yeah, things might happen. We have Jupiter and Aries. That's kind of explosive energy. We have Mars on the cusp of moving into Aries. That could be explosive too, but that's outside of you, you've got to stay aligned with your heart and your soul. All right. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Ferdy. Good morning. Good morning to those of you who I missed and uh, Requiem for Tuesday says, my favorite song by you two still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yes, you have. I guarantee you've all found it. Somewhere within you is this little diamond. It might still be in the rough but is, it is there and you know what it is. You just haven't allowed for it to bring up, to come up and actually be, to live that place within you. Okay, so I'm going to draw two oracle cards just for the eclipse. And then I got to run. I have a busy day running top to bottom today. And I'm going to draw us an animal card. This is for the lunar eclipse to give us a totem, right? Something we can uh, anchor to. And I get, I get a whole bunch of cards that just kind of flew out. But what stands out to me is flamingo spirit. We haven't had flamingo in a long time. Flamingo card number 26, which is an eight. How fun is that? Uh, an eight representing the uh, heart connection, the infinity of abundance, the, if we bring it up, right, we have the the divine descending into the physical, and the physical being a part of the divine. I love it. So flamingo was upright, and oops, I'm going to go this way. Let's see what she has to say. Uh, the The keywords, by the way, at the bottom of flamingo say, "Embrace the in between. Embrace the in between." Balance comes easily to flamingo spirit who sees what was and what will be and stands strong in the face of uncertainty. You can be informed by what came before and plan for a future yet to be, but do not resist flamingo spirits call to be fully present in the now where the real magic happens. With one foot in the life you are moving away from and one in the future, as you become the one who leads the life of your highest intentions. You must make peace with the fact that you are not fully in either place. Embrace the in-between. The presence of flamingo spirit is also a sign that your creative, your creativity, excuse me, is arising within you and opportunities are beginning to present themselves. Remain here in a balanced state of mind for there is much to know and learn before going forward with new plans. You can trust this moment and yourself as you take in what you see and become aware of all that you are experiencing in this in-between time. This is from the Spirit Animal Oracle Deck by Colette Baron reed So we have Flamingo, 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 such a colorful creature, right? And... Move those out of the way and pull one from the wisdom of the oracle. This is the deck also by Colette Baron Reed, Wisdom of the Oracle. I love these cards. I love them all. I love all my cards. Okay, so this one to help guide us. What do we what wisdom do we need in order to move through this time period? And we need, oh, observer. Hmm. Observer energy. So we have this little fox with a telescope looking at the moon and the moon has two stars sitting there next to it. And we have the number 49, which is a 13. Lucky 13 today is the sacred feminine. So maybe this card has more to do with what we need to do today, who we need to be today in order to move forward into the eclipse. Let's read about this one. He was also right side up. And it says, nope. That, that isn't gonna work. You have, to use the right, <laughs> you have to use the right book for the right cards. Okay, there we go. Uh, so thank you, Mercury, retrograde, 45. We need 49. Okay, now. The essential meaning of the card observer is perspective, objectivity, neutral observation from a distance. And the Oracle's message says, most people see the world through a personal lens. They closely identify with their feelings and experiences, so much so that they come to believe that these are the only reality. There are times when you need a distance in order to gain perspective and understand your circumstances from a more neutral vantage point. Now is one of those times in your life. This is a perfect moment for you to begin to do some exploring instead of only considering yourself, consider what you need to understand about the conditions, people, culture, and environment you're engaged with. Now, you'll be so happy you did. Illumination is the miracle you seek and will indeed find. Ha, love that one. Observer. Observer. All right. Well, It has been a wonderful morning. Thank you so much for coming here and listening to the show today. And I wish all of you a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday. So we'll have time together before the eclipse um, to answer any questions that you might have come up with after re-listening to the broadcast or spending the weekend considering what's going on. And then we'll also be taking a look ahead at what we can expect in the aftermath of the lunar eclipse. Where do things go from there? All right, you guys, much love to you. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.